You've stumbled into another nostalgic void. Drifting, searching with your rose-colored glasses. Fear not, what an odd cast is here to guide you. With hosts Jared Minikheim, Anthony Denny, Michael Kennedy, and Sven Magnuson. Stay odd, and hold on tight. Go, Hi, everybody. Welcome to What an Oddcast. This is Monday, February 27th. Um, <laughs> a bit of a hot opening there. We do say, I say at least, I, I, say, the, I say the F slur on this podcast. Talk that in the warm-up when people are walking in and now you're going to be canceled. <laughs> no, you, you can't cancel me because I'm gay. That's not true. Ask Kevin Spacey. Ow, now, brown cow. Ow, now, brown cow. No. Unique. All I see, I think I, there is a small but important gap between drunkenly fucking a 14-year-old and saying fag on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'm Jared Minicon. Yes. I'm Anthony Denny. I'm Sven out of Magnus. The fag. The fag. Eating a, a honey bun. Gay. The, the straightest of all the little Debbies. Sure. No. So, no. That's true. No. Because many of them are very phallic. I almost said yonic, but that would be the wrong word. I don't even know it's that word. It's literally a butthole. <laughs> Women it's have buttholes. It's a butthole. Mike, you, you know what? Are you saying you've I never say, had anal before? I'm saying I've never glazed a butthole. Well, then you're a sad man. All right, whatever. Even I've done that. I've never done anal. So anyway, uh, welcome back to What an Oddcast, episode uh, episode two hundred three. To all like fifty people that listen to this, yeah, thing fifty for people. Reason. Thanks. It was neat. It was neat. Good. They they changed up what we what we used to upload everything, and now it adds stuff from Spotify didn't originally show. So that was kind of neat. Yeah, I can't even count neat. the fifty. Yeah, all my bills are twenty or lower. <laughs> All my lovers are 20 or lower. <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, that's no. terrible. That's terrible. All right, Kevin uh, Spacey. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're, we're starting a series today that, that uh, I'd wanted to do a while back, and then we never really did because there's a lot of deep dives that I have to do, and I just didn't want to do it because I'm lazy. A lot of work. It, it is. It's a lot, of, a lot of reading. And especially with our part one here, because there's a lot of things where I'm going to have to clarify. Like and like butter? better explain how things are because no one in this particular group that we're going to be talking about has a whole lot of memory from the early days so everywhere you look for a history of how did this come to be they're all a little bit different in some way and i had to just kind of figure out what actually was based off things that lined up with each other because there were like three different versions no name is todd Corey Todd Taylor. Yeah. Like Todd <laughs> Freiberger. So anyway, before we before we get into that though, the uh, Sven, I put it what? in the group chat so maybe maybe we could get an idea how you felt. Being the resident Lord of the Rings fan, where uh, do you yes. s- <laughs> where do you stand with WB <laughs> saying they want to make more Lord of the Rings? Possibly just reboot it. But now but too they've also had too gray. They've also had issues because they're like, wait, Rings of Power changed things. Do we make it fit this or do we just not follow it? Now there's confusion. How do you feel? Uh, Warner Brothers should die in hell. 
But they can make more money. But more money. And Lord of the Rings sells. Well, you saw The Hobbit. You saw The Rings of Power. Yeah, the Hobbit sucked. <laughs> you saw the Peter Jackson All, trilogy. Hang on. Hang on. All three of them sucked. I've only seen the first two. I am yet to see the last one. Say, I I stopped watching it because it's like, oh, the decimation of Smaug. And Smaug flies away, and then the movie ends. I'm like, all right, I'm done. That's the end of this movie. I don't don't understand how you could take what is a, what is like, what, two chapters in the book and make it a feature-length film. And while I did enjoy Benedict Cumberbatch as Smaug, he was very Uh, yeah, and, and the behind-the-scenes shit is phenomenal. It's hilarious. I'm going to beat your ass, dog. Come here. Um, Come here. I don't know how they got a fucking hour and a half of that. It's like, like people always talk about, like, oh, a book being broken up into multiple movies. Wouldn't that be great? Well, apparently, the one mo- people tried that and fucked it up. Well, yeah, but, yeah. like, The Hobbit's not a particularly long book. It's not a good anyway. book, either. <laughs> no, no offense to Tolkien. I, I'm not a fan of his writing style. You can't tell us it's very dry. <laughs> it is. Oh, like, the, the world he makes, beautiful. Like, he's a genius when it comes to world building, characters, just not my favorite author. <laughs> he, uh, there, there's a, a comedic video about, like, what what is most of the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit? Walking. Yeah. And Tolkien yeah. describing Walking. countrysides. <laughs> And there was a, a green patch of grass, and there was a tall tree with leaves, <laughs> gnarled bark, and... I would... These are the ends. They have ends lives. They're gone for some reason. I would pay a lot of money to have Sven read The Lord of the Rings in that fucking voice. He's pretending to be Tolkien. <laughs> uh-huh. I really Sven would. Sven Magnuson as Tolkien reading The Lord of the Rings trilogy. Sometimes he has to take a pee. But uh, do you know the like kind of forgotten, forbidden history behind the Hobbit films? They were initially to be directed by Guillermo del Toro. Yes, great man. He couldn't do it, so they brought Peter Jackson in last minute. And he only knows how to do trilogies. And they gave him no time to kind of set things up like he did with Lord of the Rings, which is why it was so good. And he talks about like. Some days, we just didn't even have a script, and we just kind of... I mean, they got the book. Yeah, but no, you... <laughs> the book is one movie. It... One long movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, they've done it before. Or a miniseries. They, they've done the movie before. Back in the miniseries probably would have worked better for them than what he attempted to do in three movies. But, but then they couldn't get still... the chick in there, because it was, a, it was originally a sausage party. <laughs> they realized that kind of gay. Do you know who's not in the Hobbit? Legolas. Legolas. The, the lady. I don't know who else is. Yeah, who else is not even a character? Or My wee lad, Gimli. Tariel, and there was no weird fucking love between. But there was the hot. Dwarf the movie told me there was. And the everyone knows the hottest dwarf with Gim- was Gimli, and the ugliest self is Legolas. That is canonically <laughs> correct. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All right. I didn't know that. That's fun. No. Also, <laughs> you learn. Gimli is the only dwarf who has ever been to heaven. Yep. Because uh, bust down the door. Everyone is me. TLDR: <laughs> The dwarves were not created by like the god figure in Tolkien's world. They were created by one of the angels, <clears throat> and 
he like made them a secret, and then God came down and was like, I didn't give you permission to build these. And he was like, okay, I'll kill them. And God was like, wait, no, hold on. They're pretty cool, so go ahead and make them. But they can't enter heaven. And uh, so, yeah, all the, all the elves, when they left Middle-earth, they, they went to heaven, to the Undying Lands. And then Legolas sailed back across the sea by himself, got Gimli, sailed back to heaven, and when he got there, the, the like the angelic powers, the gods were like, "Yeah, he helped with the one ring. He's all right. He can come in." <laughs> That's kind of fun. Honestly, so yeah, no, please. I'm, I'm fine. And this is gonna be a hot take because oh. just this recently, I have watched the Lord of the Rings. It's and I watched them for Sense Fake, and I watched the theatrical cut. That's <laughs> fair. All of Game of Thrones. In the fucking House of the Dragon. That's fair. Had a real hankering for some Miller. <laughs> I'm fine if they redo it. It's about that time. But I, I don't think that every movie trilogy is going, or every movie series is going to be able to do that. Like That's fair. Like the Harry Potter series, they're apparently doing a Cursed Child movie, which I don't care. <laughs> no one cares. It's because they're milking as much. I mean, it has been 20 years since yeah. Return of the King came out. Again, we're in that cycle yeah. where knights and shit are becoming cool again. So, my, the crux of the issue, the problem I have is that I know it's not going to be made with passion or with love. Well, it has Peter it's Jackson about attached to it. Money. Yeah, that's why. That's everything. That's all they care about, Sven. If they don't get money, <laughs> then think, they'll never make anything so, ever again. Why do you think so. Ruby's exclusive on Crunchyroll? Money. money. We're yeah. talking about good properties. <laughs> oh, oh, are we? <laughs> when does that enter the public domain? <laughs> Ruby? No. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings? I don't know. Never. The Tolkien the Sea won't let it ever go it's out. That's what it says. The longest there's some bastards about it. Yeah. Well, I think that's how it works, but. <laughs> that's fine. We'll pull some Disney shit. So, yeah. real quick, on that. Anyway. Yes. Do you know who the biggest proponents of copyright laws were in the early 50s and 60s? Yourself? It was the Tolkien's? No. Disney. It was Disney. Mm. Oh, how so weird. So all these rules are coming to bite them right back Oh, we don't want people to steal our stuff. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, give you $1,000, 1940s money to make it extend it. No. One more hot take, and Go this ahead. goes: We're setting we're setting precedents now for the future of this podcast. No longer are we allowed to say you have to separate the art from the artist because of what Mrs. J.K. Rowling. Do you hear what her big controversy is now? Besides the fact that she's a turf. No, and she's anti-Semitic. Yeah, anti she says that. People keep buying my books and my property because they agree with my beliefs. So we can no longer separate the art from the artist. If it's bad, it's bad. You can like it, it's fine. You can like bad things, but it's bad. Heather started reading Harry Potter last night to Orion. Yeah, we're, we're again halfway through the first <clears throat> chapter. It's not good. No, it's bad. fine. Yeah. But you can no longer separate that because of this cunt. Well, that's why I can't listen to the remix of Ignition, Hot and Spicy Mix Chicken. Yeah? Because of R. Kelly. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, yep. Well, bad and bad though, guys. There's always to it. That's fair. I, I I suppose that's a hot take, but it is fair. Michael does make a very good point. Like if she's going to defend herself by saying people buy my shit because they defend my or believe the same things I believe, she, you, you can no longer she, buy her shit. Do, do, do you know? I, I think the separation of art and artist is pretty solid idea. Yes. However, I think a big factor in it Pirate is whether or not that person is fucking dead. <laughs> that is fair. That you is know, fair. Everyone's like, H.P. Lovecraft, terrible man. Awesome. What was this cast name again? Mythos. Mr. Edward. Yeah. Mr. Edward man. Mr. Neighbor. Yeah, but He's dead, and he's no longer profiting off of it. No. Fair. I would agree 100%. It's like the guy who made, um... Sven's Kryptonite. Sven's Kryptonite? Oh, uh, oh, um... Jeepers Creepers. Uh, I know this man's be, name. Because he's he raped a guy. He oh, raped did I? an underage child. Yes. Sven, have you attempted to watch the new Jeepers Creepers at all? No, because it's... <laughs> Okay. 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 Here I am. Weirdly... I didn't get very far in it before. I was like, no, I can't even give this a chance of like it's bad, but I could be. No, it's just bad. I'm weirdly really defensive is. about this property because I, I don't think it's a bad property. I hate it because it scared the shit out of me as a kid, and I still will probably never watch the first one ever again. That said, look at what they did to my boy. They massacred him. He's important to me. The first, get him right. The first like ten minutes are a retelling of the first movie, but instead of young people, it's old people. It's old people. It's yeah. His truck is like, it's like a a bright red chemical truck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so fucking bad. And then and then it. Well, see, then it pans out, and you get your actual main characters, and they're like, this was a retelling of blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but it wasn't even a good retelling of the first fucking movie. And now you're telling me the first and second movie exist, but that they allegedly happen. And we're just going to completely ignore everything before. And then when they do bring the creeper, he just comes back to life in, in, in the forest for no reason. Like, he just, he's back alive now. The first person he kills, he just mauls for no fucking reason. It's just some random dude who's a little drunk, pissing in the side of a dirt road, and he comes running out of the woods, mauls him, and it pans out, and that's his first kill. The second kill is just some random dude in the woods, and he wraps a chain around him on a tree and it, like pins him with the, the spin wheel thing, and then guts him and leaves. And I'm like, so he's Jason Voorhees now? He just he just kills because he can kill. No, he'll be back to eat them later. Jason, sure. Jason Voorhees that's what kill they did. Kill. He's, a, he's, a, he's an animal. You're and that's where I tuned <sighs> out, because I was like, this isn't anything that's going to be any sor- sort of good. So I tuned out after that. Maybe 20 minutes in. Really is that bad. The first movie. Oh, was, first movie. so fucking scary. I agree. I will agree with you. Traumatic for Sven. It really was. <laughs> scared Sven away. Uh, so, with that, we have... Uh, Silva. Something Silva. Oh, for Dream Scribbers? Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> he, he's a terrible person. He doesn't deserve recognition. Fair. Uh, now that we got that out of the way, we, uh, man, what, what wow. Jay, uh, how old is that shirt? Do you know? Very old. I only broke it out for this occasion because I, it's just been sitting in my closet. I think it's time for a Viking funeral. Yeah. Do, it is. Do you know? That's why I haven't been wearing like it. It's been uh, sitting collecting dust. Like, 
an alleged thing or they got him on like circumstantial evidence or anything like that. They literally found like photographs. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, and he, he, fled, the he fled the country to avoid being jailed. So that's really not fun. Yeah. So that's no. that's why <laughs> it's really not a good time. When he dies, then I'll buy the Jeepers Creepers movies. But what I don't the, support him. Is he dead? No. No. Should that, be. That's shitty. Dr. Well, Parker. with that, we're gonna we're, we're beginning on part one of, of the series. We're talking. We're gonna go over everything. Sven, it has occurred to me. Yes, are we truly, genuinely, really surprised that pedophile made a movie about a monster <laughs> stalking <laughs> a young boy, young boy and young sister? No, <laughs> it all makes sense. He was writing about himself. He's yes. the monster. Yes. He was writing about a man in a tree. <laughs> so anyway, we're, we're... Oh, God. We're beginning on the history of Slipknot. Um, as I said, this was all very convoluted. Everything said something a little bit different as I was reading. So I've done the best I can forget it all. <laughs> I know the video, so I was referring to That's the best part. <laughs> So anyway, so Anthony. Yes. How are you today? I'm doing great. <laughs> they don't even have. Wait, I own... just wanted to break the tension. Sven they... went on a real long tangent. They don't about even that. have their own <laughs> fucking website domain proper. The Slipknot1.com. They couldn't get Slipknot.com. Probably not. I don't know. You try to getting a domain main. The <laughs> a domain main. You heard here. <laughs> Speech impediment. Uh, a domain name. The, anything yeah, you can think of that's more basic is probably already taken. So anyway, I want to start bar- start off by saying start the part marking. this. Start, <laughs> the, marking. start marking. Start by saying that with part one, I'm going over the history of Paul Gray. I'm not going to be going over the backstory history of every member because there's fucking nine of them plus the other guys that didn't make it to the the finale, the final composure, whatever. But Paul Gray plays an important uh, integral role in everything as it goes, so I felt it was necessary to go over him a little bit more. And yet he is only number two. Yeah. But no, without him, they wouldn't have made it as far as they did before he passed, because, uh, yeah. But anyway. <clears throat> so this is a band that had a lot of hardships uh, from beginning to, to even where they are now. There's a lot of shit that's gone on, a lot of shit that continues to happen. Uh so I don't know how many episodes this is going to end up being. Uh, I, I think I have it trying to fit it into at least... at the, I'm trying to fit it into five. I'm trying to see what I can condense down because there's a lot of shit that happens in the middle. But anyway, uh, so these guys... Because these guys have been doing music for over 30 years. So like, there's, there's just so much fucking shit that has happened that kind of spectacles, whatever. So we're starting to... So, we're really going to be focusing on 1992. We'll we'll jump back here in a second to go over some stuff. But 1992, what do you think the top hits on the radio are? 92. Yes. Um, it would be like what? What do you think of you, your world on the radio? Little Mermaid. Think so, no. No. <laughs> no. no. Who's the artist? Can you get the artist? Uh, so or one the of the song. Hang on. The genre. The song. Phil Let's Collins. Get, one of the. No, let, hang on. 92. Let's get the artist. Let's see if I can name the song for the first one. Number right. one. So in 92, these were the hits on the radio that were being played. Boys to Men. I swear. Is that the one? You are. No, that's, no, that's, that's my five. I know it's it is. I can't keep track. But anyway, Jesus. no. 
Uh, End of the Road by Boys to Men. The fuck is that? Uh, it's a Boys. I don't listen to Boys to Men, so I couldn't tell you. I just I don't listen to Boys to Men. It's just not something I listen to. There's also Sir Mix a Lot, which you should all know. Baby got back. Baby got back. Sir Mix a Lot. That song is 31 years old. Why do you think he looks so old doing the remix for Checks Mix now? He's, I don't have TV. Uh, Anthony, there's another band that both of us listened to growing up. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, uh, hang on. Um, uh, oh. Just the California song? No. no. Danny California? No, Danny California didn't come out until 2008. Um, is it The Other Side? Under the bridge. Under the oh, under the bridge. Under the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the red hot chili peppers. Uh, right said Fred. What the fuck? Right. <laughs> I'm too sexy. Oh, right said Fred. Would you fuck me? Fuck me so hard. Uh, achy breaky so heart. Fucking hell yeah. Oh, dude. Fucking Billy Ray Cyrus. And Tom Cochran's Life is a Highway. Life is a Highway. The best version of that song. These are, so that's everything you could expect. Like, going onto the radio, that was the kind of thing you, you'd have. Uh, but as, but uh, we had covered over the history of Pantera before. Well, it, like a brief history kind of thing. Uh, and oh, around the crazy. 90s, you also had, uh, not necessarily on the radio, wasn't necessarily radio friendly, uh, but you had like Walk that everybody knew, and, uh, then there's also uh, Off Vulgar Say a Power, which came out, I believe, like 1991, uh, you had like Mouth for Word, This Love, Whatnot, they were working on, oh god, what was that one, Unbroken, whatever would be the next words, one. But, I don't know <clears throat> but anyway, it was things like that. Uh, they kind of brought me- they brought metal to more of like more outward reaching whatever if you didn't like what was on the radio but also around this time you also had Metallica release their Black Album uh, with the year prior 1991 with songs like Nothing Else Matters Unforgiven and her Sandman all the things that everybody plays on the radio and more the now the classic Metallica like the, the most famous Metallica the, it, was, it was an album that like they, they set themselves off from angry teenage kind of thing growing and now it was they were at the point of like Radio-ish, more friendly. Oh, but then you also had uh, Megadeth in 1992 release Countdown to Extinction. Uh, the Countdown to Extinction with Symphony of Destruction, uh, Sweating Bullets. Slayer also released Seasons in the Abyss with Dead Skin, Masculine Society, uh, songs that I enjoy there. Uh, so the like the big four were more big in the 80s. They were still putting out albums, but things were kind of... They were coming to a head as far as that goes because after this, and you get like Load, Reload, which were hated by a lot of people, St. Anger with Metallica. Uh, but the other things that were more popular to, for more people I, would be like Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue, Poison, things like that. Hair bands. Yeah, the hair bands were more of How the more popular dare you to the say masses. Hair bands. Glam oh, metal hair bands. Guns N' Roses. Do you not see Axl Rose? <laughs> the man's got bigger hair than Slash. Who's also on Guns N' Roses? Anthony's words, not mine. Fucking no, like <coughs> sister shit like that. That's hair metal. I don't like the shit we watched for fucking rock and rule. That's hair metal. So, <laughs> favorite movie? Sure. His most prized possession, at least. It has to be. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> god damn. 
So anyway, our story is gonna our story begins here. So we got Paul Dedrick Gray, Anthony. Paul Dedrick Gray. That's that's a fun one, Dedrick. Yeah, Dedrick. Yeah, I had to think about it for a minute when I was writing it. I was just like, is it Dedrick or is there gonna be like Dedrick? Anyway, Guns uh, Rose right there under hair metal. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so I don't see anything. As Anthony as Anthony is pointing she out, he's number two. Everybody in the band will have a number. He was number two. Uh, born in Los Angeles, California, 1972, to parents Nancy Gray Miller and Paul Anthony Gray. Wait, what did you say Anthony's? <laughs> I know I know like four Anthony's. I'm related to two of them. They died, uh, but. but Paul discusses early life, uh, and I have a quote here about him speaking about his early life because it wasn't great. Like, fuck, just terrible. Uh so we struggled with money growing up, and we would just bounce from one shitty roast-infested motel to the next one, or sometimes a small apartment. Really, we never stayed anywhere very long. Uh, from anything I was able to find on it, like it really was very much, they just kind of bounced a lot all over L.A. Uh, but Paul's, Paul's father, unfortunately, sadly committed suicide when Paul was younger, so him and his brother ended up spending more time together while his mom tried to find work because being L.A., everything's fucking expensive and very fast-paced and a single mother did not do well. Uh, but because he was around his brother a lot, his brother's the one that introduced him to music, got him into, like, the whole... Got him into metal, basically, metal and rock, because he was listening to Black Sabbath, Alice Cooper, The Doors, Led Zeppelin, Beatles. Like, anything his brother had, he was listening to. And when Paul was 13... He got to see Slayer on their Hell Awaits tour, which is what sparked Paul into pursuing doing music. Uh, Paul's exact quote about seeing Slayer <clears throat> was that that changed my world. I was just, I got to get a real guitar. I got to actually do it. Seeing him up there and all the red lights and the smoke, it was just like evil in a sense. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So I begged my mother for a guitar. Uh, and she did finally get me one. And it was actually a Gibson Flying V left-handed. It fucking ruled. Never took lessons or anything, though. Uh, self-taught. Just listened to albums, figured out how they were playing it, and then I would just copy, figure it out, and go from there. Are you saying that one guitar blew him away? So he saw stars in his eyes. And the very next day, got a beat-up six-string at a second-hand store. I fucking hate you. <laughs> go to hell, sir. <laughs> God damn it. That's Fox Hero. Gotcha. Yes. So no. <laughs> this is a very popular guitar song. Very popular guitar song. But anyway, uh, so yeah, Paul's early life wasn't the greatest. Uh, So yeah, Paul's uh, early life not the greatest. Uh, By 14, he found himself crashing on everyone else's couch, anywhere he could kind of find to stay for the night. Uh, His mom, again, still bouncing around like they were before, and she felt it was better if he just found a place that was more stable than move every night. Like, hey, why don't you find somewhere you can stay for a couple nights, and like we'll figure something out that'll be a bit better than staying in a car. Uh, by age 16, Paul was renting his own apartment, working odd and end things he could after school, trying to finish school. Uh, and of course, it's fucking impossible. So Paul figured, uh, you know, I- I'll give my guitar to somebody. They'll just keep it for safekeeping because I am i don't really know where the hell I'm going to end up at this point. So he ends up doing that. He gives his guitar to a friend. But of course, yeah, no, it got sold for drugs because it's fucking L.A. So of course somebody pawned that shit off. It did not last with the friend very long. Uh, but at 17, so just the year after, uh, Paul ends up getting back in touch with his mom. She says, hey, I ended up out in Iowa, Des Moines. I found stable work. I have a house. I'm, you know, come on. So he moves all the way to fucking Des Moines, Iowa, in the middle of goddamn nowhere. I've driven through Des Moines. It's fucking the middle of nowhere. There's nothing around. There's some fields. 
That's about it. Well, it's Iowa. It's only fucking corn. S- only third. Only, only second corn. to Wisconsin. No, not Wisconsin. Wyoming. That's what I'm. Uh, so Paul being in a new place didn't really have anyone. Anthony, uh, you moved around a lot as a kid, so uh, I imagine you know how that feeling of you're just new in a place. You know you're probably not going to be here long. So like, what do I do? I make friends? Do yeah, I not well, make friends? Yeah. No, that way to, way to kick me in my tongue with a dick. <laughs> Banana splits. Hey. <laughs> Talking with a fucking future serial killer. <laughs> I wish I remembered his full name. I would look him up, but I don't. My best friend, his name was Jeff Rebel. Jeff, if you're out there, I don't know how to spell your last name because it's German. He's going to be like a strangle, the hillside strangler. Rebels? He's going to look up your fucking address now. Brandon, if you're there, I don't have your marbles anymore. Let's, let's get lunch. <laughs> He died because he didn't have those marbles. So anyway, uh, luckily for Paul, Des Moines' music scene uh, was actually doing its own thing. Uh, A lot of the guys from everything I saw, they all described Des Moines the same exact way, which is, unless you're old and rich, there's nothing to fucking do. So you either ended up on drugs or found parties to go to. And that's exactly what Paul did, as they all did. Got (laughs) rich? But anyway, because of this, everyone was kind of doing their own thing. Paul, being into music, found other people actually found a group of guys who were talking like hey like we need a bass player these are things we want to do paul gets involved luckily for him the band members of this included anders Col Col oh, god his last name drives me nuts Col safini and mick thompson which anthony you know mick thompson is the guitarist number seven. Oh, the guy with the beautiful hair Yes, big have you ever seen Metalocalypse? Yep. He looks like the lead singer for Metalocalypse. Okay. yeah and okay. he's he's a very big built man too so yeah, there was him and then uh, who would become the singer of Slipknot Anders. Uh, they were in a band. This is where it gets confusing. So a couple of stories said that they had called it Body Pit. Another thing said that they called it Vex. And there was one other name they got thrown around. So I'd, if it's anything like what, what they ended up doing with Slipknot, they they change names. Seems like every a couple months or a couple weeks because Slipknot, they did the same thing. They had like three fucking names they went under before. Yeah, I, I saw that Paul was part of a group called Anal Blasters. Yes, yeah, see, that's the other thing. They also did like multiple side projects like as they went where they would just be talk to some other dude, band falls apart, and then they talk to like three other people and are like, hey, let's do a thing. And then they do a thing for like a month. So anyway... <clears throat> So yeah, Paul over here is I'm talking about. They need the bass. They want to do Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth. They want to do all the metal covers. And uh, so Paul walks up and he's like, yeah, I got you. I'll be your bass player. And quote from Paul here was that uh, I was like, fuck. So I went back home and started listening to songs again and learning the bass lines because I had no fucking idea how a bass worked. Uh, but after listening to each of them, I actually fell in love with bass. Uh, I played into each song and really just was what pushed me into being a bass player. Uh, basically, he re- for him, basically. I've heard him yeah. I've, I've heard him talk about it before of like he would listen to the bass and songs and realize how much the bass does for everything else in it and how much you need it. So it pushed him in the direction of actually playing it. But of course, he doesn't have a fucking bass. He doesn't have shit. <laughs> he already pawned off his fucking guitar. But Regardless, Paul shows up to Andre's basement to practice with a bass that he borrows from a sibling's friend that he Frankenstein's into a left-handed. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, so taking out everything from the right side, flipping it, drilling holes, and putting everything for a left-handed and restringing it. Fucking Frankenstein the shit out of it and made it work. 
I mean, he could just spin like Jimi Hendrix and just learn how to play right hand with his left hand. <laughs> you know, one of the greatest guitar players of all time. You're just going to copy him. Um, but that that was that's the biggest thing. Uh, whenever Paul talked about the early days too, was that he lied his ass off, had no fucking idea how to play, just bullshitted his way through it, and somehow made it in. Yeah. Um, Anders about when it came to Paul, he said Paul would take his meager paychecks. Uh, Everyone, we'd be out drinking, doing whatever. He'd pay for rounds for everyone. He'd buy snacks, do whatever. He was a really lovable, outgoing guy. Honestly, if it wasn't for him, no band that we tried to do would have gotten off the ground. He was really good at getting people together. He was the foundation. He, he, was, he was a foundation and glue for any band he was a part of. He was very good at getting people to come he, together. He was the Ringo. <clears throat> yeah. He was the Ringo. Except he did things. Anyway, so... <laughs> Um, as they played shows, Anders and Paul would meet two other drummers from other bands. Uh, these would be Sean, as we know him, Sean Clowncran. No, 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 no. we, we can talk about something else. He can take Heather, it closer in the dryer. Oh, okay. I'm getting those out. Okay. Um, we're going to pause there. No, pause no, 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 no. You guys, <laughs> you're going to take a quick commercial break, and you go change your clothes. Me and Sven are going to vamp. Oh, God. Never mind. She already took them out of the dryer. <clears throat> what are we vamping about? I'll let, let Jared get away because it's a commercial break. Pokemon! Have you heard a thing that he said? Yeah. Oh, I haven't. Of space. Like hardcore. It's like gone. God, um, this fine bad do, 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 do you want to play one person deck? We both use the same deck? Man, we both let, use the same deck? I, have to, I told this to Mike. Like I, I've been, There's a $60 Yu-Gi-Oh! deck Yu-Gi-Oh. on eBay. And I've been... There's three decks. There Again, these decks. This is exotic. This commercial deck. break brought to you by the card games we used to play: Magic: The Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh. That's really it. We right? are not I, sponsored by these entities. I, I collected. Po- I collected the Pokemon cards. Never played them. I never understood how to play the Pokemon no game. This commercial break brought to you, brought to you by $67. someone. Please tell me how to play Pokemon. Dude, they, they they're doing a oh god. What? Pokemon like classic cards. Entertain yourself. So Pokemon's doing the Pokemon Classic Collection. I am fucking hungry. There's more honey buns in there. I don't want to eat another honey bun. Yeah, I gotta let him do like another spin. Anyway. That's kick ass. And we're back! We're back! Da 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 Come here. I'm gonna beat you. Where are we at? What are we talking about? Some, some, some bitch just had to fucking redneck a guitar into a lefty. No, we're a little past that. Okay, wait, wait hang, on, yeah. hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. There's something about Ringo. They're spending their paychecks on buying alcohol for other people at the bar because they're decent people. Yeah. Really? So, okay, cool. Yeah. All right, we're good then. Yeah, Paul. Paul was really good at bringing people together. He did this. There's a ah, lot of things that'll. Ringo. Yeah, yes. there there will be that's, things. That's where the line of thought went. Okay. I'm, <laughs> you said, you just like Ringo, and my mind went like dial-up noise. I was like, where the what? The Johnny Depp movie. No, there's uh, there's a lot of things that'll happen later that if he wasn't around, they wouldn't have come back. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, as Anders and, Paul's, and, and Paul start playing shows, they meet uh, Sean, Sean the Clown Cran, as we know him now, uh, with his band Heads on a Wall, and Joey Jordanson, 
Uh, but Joey, Joey Joderson was a, a little bit different because he's in multiple bands. It, from what I could read about it, from what I found about it, he was very much like anybody who needed a drummer, he would just drum for them. He wasn't to oh, anyone in particular. You didn't, you, didn't, you didn't have to sign an NDA back then. Yeah. <laughs> like, you could just go be a hoe and drum around. <laughs> yeah. He would just drum for anyone or anything, but they ended up running into him a few times. Uh but unfortunately, like, you know, they, they were a bunch of young guys. By this point, they were all probably about 21, 22-ish. Things didn't work out. Band fell apart. Uh, so Paul ends up finding himself going all the way back to L.A. to pursue different ideas. Uh, but Anders still wanted to keep on track with music. He was the current drummer. He ends up talking to Sean, Sean Cran after a show. And they decide they end up figuring out that they're a lot, uh, a lot alike. So then he's like, hey... Why don't we start doing some things together? Because uh, you and me think a lot alike when it comes to music. Uh, they create a thing called Painface. Yes. Great, great names. <laughs> this is our band. We're we're box closed. Okay, Taser listen, but face. but like listen, okay. Taser face. Back when I had friends that weren't you guys or my other group of friends. You still do. Where back when I was trying to be cool, like in college and pretend like I actually gave a shit about the friends that I used to be with in band. Me and my friend tried to start a band, because I know a little bit of guitar, not a whole lot. Like, I could I could strum a couple chords, that's about it, and he was trying to be a... Don't. Throw up on me, Hunter. And, uh... And he was a drummer, and so we tried to start our own band. You want to guess the band's name? Um, what was your friend's name? Big Bad Beatlemore. <laughs> His name was George. George, Mike, and George. No. George. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm using that. Bounce off. Okay. Because it's you like were... Pan Face. That's what. That's what this is bringing up. Like, you were. I can't shit on it too much. Um, think of stress spandex. What's oh, so good at <laughs> Think of like annoying insect. Cicadas? The Beatles, crickets, no, no. crickets, cicadas, it's summer insects, the butt nasty cicadas. <laughs> no, not the butt nasty, <laughs> the stink bugs. The butt nasty cicadas is actually a <laughs> um, annoying small insect. We are the mosquitoes. What it does is what it's called. It flies. flies. Yes, flies. Yes, that was that was the first part of it. Can you guess the second? Wait, one? was it fly or flies? Flies. Flies southward. No. Flies upward. No. Flies to left. so close in a direction, but also so far away from a direction. Think. Flies inward. Think of like close. So think down though. The flies, mate. Flies basement. No. Think of like. I can't say the opposite of. G'day, flies. What's the opposite of done? Go. Flies go. No. The opposite, start. The opposite Raw of done. The opposite of done. If you're the opposite of done, you are what? Flies undone. Blue yes. Blue, blue flies eyes. undone. I get it. Flies undone. It's yeah. a dick joke. It's a dick joke. <laughs> I get it. Blue flies white. Blue flies <laughs> white. <laughs> yeah. Time wizard we, flies. We tried to be flies undone. That's actually really funny. Very man. unsuccessfully, Mike. <laughs> which actually means I can't shit on bad face. Because all I picture is like, what? Pain face. Pain face. All I can picture is just like, <laughs> killed Your band only have one drumstick, just the, you would kind of knew how to play guitar. <laughs> no, I'm not on complete drumstick. <laughs> 
microphone that the only works every part is, word. It's like it's, it's welcome, Cal. Touch it. It's Julie's son who I was doing this with. So yeah, he's a couple shades of red darker than he needs to be. Um, yeah, we're gonna be flies undone. Yep, I wasn't expecting this. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't know that you were part of a, a garage band. A garage, a garage, garage band. band. I didn't know that was a garage band. That's more like a shed band. This is we decided to do this after seeing Five Finger Death Punch in the orbit room. At the orbit room. So Five Finger Death Punch. Homie. I really like your confidence. You're like, you guys saw Five Finger Death Punch. You're like, we can do that. Yeah. It was either that or we were going to be fucking Dragon Force because that's what we would fucking do. It's like we had the entire original Dragon Force soundtrack fucking memorized. You know how to play the guitar? Kind of. Kind of. All right, you're going to be, we're going to do Through the Fire and the Flames as a warm-up. It's not, it's, what's the, it's not Through the Fire and the Flames. There's another oh one that's God. so much better. Oh, I can't oh. remember. Yeah, no. So far away, we wait for the day. God damn you, Anthony. I didn't say flats on done like it. I did. Uh, I like butt we, nasty so, cicadas. I butt nasty cicadas is good. Not to go off on another tangent, but like I fucking miss Guitar Hero so much. Add the cheat where you can't fail and just burn through through I the fire and flames. I just did good. <laughs> Whoever scores the most wins. <laughs> I only ever played on easy because I couldn't get the fourth button. Oh fuck! We did. We did. Oh, we did through the fire and flames on expert with like no fail on though. So uh, well. and then we turned fail on whoever gets the furthest one. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> I had four notes. How many did you get? Four. Really? Damn. What's nice is when you get when you get to the bridge, which Sven just sang for us, and he just whammy the fuck out of the- whammy. <laughs> I got an out of tune guitar. Oh, if you want to fuck. try it. I just, <laughs> yeah, let's go I miss it. Rock Band and Guitar Hero so fucking much. The it best times of my yeah. life were, were fucking fun. playing. Yeah, I remember games. the band that we had you, me, your sister, your mom. Flies Undone? No, um, Rock Band. Oh, I, I must have blocked that memory <laughs> out. So. <laughs> Anyway, oh so uh, Painface experimented with percussion and vocals. Painface! <laughs> Say we're both uh, drummers. Uh, which plays into to, to what they would do uh, well, later. The card. After they have a basic concept of what they want to do, uh, Anders, Anders and Sean end up reaching out to Paul. They're like, hey, when I come back from L.A., come back to Des Moines, we, we've actually been doing some things, and this we think we have something here. Uh, Paul has nothing else going on, so of course, he's just like, yeah, fuck it. He moves back to Des Moines. L.A. sucked uh, for him anyway. So he ends up going back. Uh and they also recruit Donnie Steele and Kun Nung. What a great name. Kun Nung? Yes. Donnie Steele. K-U-N-N-O-N-G. Is that where they wear masks to Kun Orientalism? God Well, uh, as I start practicing, Sean and Anders talk outside of practice about a wall of sound or an audio attack on the crowd. Anders does end up adding a custom percussion, moving up to vocals. Uh, to add an extra set because uh, it plays into what the an idea they want to play with, and they begin uh, they begin working this idea out. Uh, the band ends up changing names. Uh, there's Meld, and the Pale Ones are two names that they go by before they ever do any real shows. Uh, when they're kind of workshopping, they're doing shows for a couple of friends here and there, getting the word out that they're coming up with something. Uh, 
Before they can play their first show, though, uh, Kun Nung departs from the band uh, in, su- in pursuit of a more alt-rock punk style uh, instead of uh, the metal approach that they were doing. Kun Nung. So understandable. Hey. I just got hung. <laughs> can you spell Kun Nung for me? K-U-N-N-O-N-G. Kun Nung. Wow, he wasn't lying. The actual person's name. Yes. I want to at you, but you keep trying to bite me. Uh, so Paul ends up talking uh, with Joey Jordison, uh, who they uh, we mentioned before, uh, drumming with other bands. He's like, hey, we're kind of thinking of doing a thing with uh, with extra drums in it. Would you be interested in something like this? And Joey's a bit skeptical because he's been, temp- he's been temping in for so many bands. He's like, I don't really want to commit to something and have it fall apart like I see happen anyway. Uh, and because they need a guitarist, uh, Paul reaches back out to Mick Thompson. He's like, hey, I'm back in town. We have a new thing going. Are you available? Do you want to come be our guitarist? So he okay, joins in, uh, fills in the new spot. Paul ends up going Ow, out to where Joey works uh, at the Sinclair gas station. <clears throat> and just like, hey, you're skeptical about it? Understandable. Come down to one show. See how you feel about it. If you don't like how we sound with practice, you're free to walk away. Joey takes him up in the office. He's like, fuck it. What, what is it going to hurt? I come down, have a couple beers, watch these guys do something. Maybe I don't like it. Who knows? Uh, they end up playing for him an early version of Slipknot, Fur With Some Blood, and Gently. Uh, by the way, everything based on the first album is off an RPG tabletop game that they were all playing, where it was about werewolves, so a lot of the inspiration for songs came from such. Did you know such. that Dragon Force put out new music in 2019? I did not. Probably. Like the 2007 was the last time they put any music out. You know, when Guitar Hero stopped being cool. But it came out? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that double take after you agreed with me, (laughs) Nonzola. Wait. So, fucker. uh, Joey comes on for that practice. Uh, Joey's overall quote about the experience was uh, I had to hide my smile the whole time I didn't know what it was about but I knew I wanted to be a part of it so I like poker face the whole fucking time didn't say a word didn't seem excited until they were all the way done and then I just gave them a simple yes and Joy joined in uh, Joey ends up taking up drums uh, drums Sean bounces off the drum set sets up another custom percussion the, playing the barrels Custom percussions, and then he has a keg that he adds later. He plays barrels with a with a with a bat. He plays a keg with a bat in certain songs. Barrels sound cool. It's like a Jesus Christ. So yeah, this adds into the audio assault idea that they had uh, and that they're going for. Uh, Anders takes his own. Uh, Anders feels. <laughs> Anders feels it adds a tribal feel to have the singer behind the ex- extra custom percussion, the way they were doing things. Yes. Uh, as, begin, as they begin practicing, they start, making, <laughs> they start making rough cuts of Tattered and Torn and Killers Are Quiet, which were songs that would later be repurposed for their first album.
another guitar. Like, they, they need to change something as far as, like, guitaring goes, as far as, like, this overall layup goes. Uh, so they end up playing with a bunch of different fucking ideas. Uh, different ways to set up the drums, different, like, different beats for different drums. Like, they, they fucking go ham as far as trying to figure out what exactly it is they want to do. Uh, Des Moines itself, even being a city, uh, well, I guess... It's technically a city, but as I've driven by it, it's because I, I live in fucking Nebraska. It's just goddamn cornfields. Even when there's a city, it's, it's a, a city small like, little area, and then cornfields like all around it. Is a city. Yes, <clears throat> Des Moines feels like that, just bigger. Hastings is a city to me. Well, yeah, you grew up in a town that had three fucking buildings. <laughs> had, had a town of three hundred people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is accurate. Uh, anyway, so they hear they get word about a new band that's going to be coming around. Uh, two to three months of practicing, the guys present themselves as Meld for their very first show, uh, which they would later change it to Slipknot, something that Sean and Anders had had a discussion about one day after work. They saw uh, they saw Suicide Squad starring Will Smith, and they saw the guy who got his head blown off, and they're like, that's a cool character, I'm gonna be... Time traveled, huh? Yeah. So anyway, <clears throat> the band's name would become Slipknot, uh, based off the first song demo that they had come up with, and, uh... Yeah, that, that's kind of how that comes to be. Oh, so anyway, the first show goes over pretty well, and the guys begin to finalize more songs and start work on their first album. Uh, their first show that they do, you can find some, like, old fucking recordings of it. Uh, but their big thing was they had, like, gr- uh, metal grinders that they would take, and they'd spark shot. They'd have sparks that would go everywhere, and oh, they'd have, like, okay. a bunch of different shit that they would do. It was it was a spectacle more than it was anything else, and which is what got them a lot of attention to begin with. Kind of like Kiss. <clears throat> I, yeah, you know, in a way, yeah, I guess so. Don't tell them that. Yep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kiss has good songs, but they're uh, more show than style. And now, for those of you who are wondering, like, when are we gonna get to the part where they come up with mass? Well, that happens now. Because it turns out. Uh, Sean himself was the first one to introduce the idea. Of course the fucking uh, clown was. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, from what I've been able to gather on interviews he's done, it was something where like, he had gone home, then he was thinking about the idea of just making music, not giving a shit what was going to be considered popular or trendy, just more of, we have ideas, just fucking get them out, and whatever comes will come with it. Uh, so Sean ends up coming into uh, with the clown mask, which is the one on the first self-titled <laughs> album. Uh, really goofy looking one uh, he comes in with this the mask idea gets thrown around to help draw attention to them as well as as I said just extenuating the point of it's about what we're doing not about what we look like uh, not everyone is on board with the fucking idea uh, Joey ends up grabbing an 83 Cesar Kabuki mask as his first one he brings that in for himself uh, Paul ends up finding an old pig mask and he loops his nose ring through it uh, and Anders uh, had electrical taped Sean's head at one point and disfigured his face and then just started doing that for a mask idea was just electrical tape. That's that. <clears throat> oh, it doesn't matter what we look like, guys. I'm just going to put tape on my <laughs> yeah, face. Yeah, you just... You I'm just, just gonna, I got some highlighters no, from it's, home. It's not gonna... like putting tape on your face to make... I mean, it's like wrapping it as tight as you can and just constricting. It's a whole thing. But anyway... Uh, so the idea gets thrown around. Some people take it, some people don't. Um, it's something that'll lead into later for one of the people that leaves. Uh, <clears throat> now, the the demos that they record for this 
are actually something that exists. They're called the basement sessions, uh, something that Sean has in the safe at home. He's talked about it before. He has them in a safe at home to where, like, the band every now and again will be like, remember how we started this? Kind of thing of, like, this is where we've come from. Uh, it's not something that's been released anywhere because even he's like, it's not good. Like, we were very young, very stupid, but it's a good thing to go back to look at where you've started. I, I agree. I, I listen to our first episode every now and then to be like, wow, we were garbage. Man, we're still <laughs> kind of garbage. Anyway. Well, yeah, but our audio's not garbage anymore. <laughs> not as much. Except for uh, Hunter. Fucking Hunter. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's that's a thing. Don't worry. In like 10 years when we have the, the Oddcast office, he won't be here. <laughs> no, not like that. <laughs> I mean, we'll be recording it in the office. Hopefully in a couple months he's not like this. Oh, so still... anyway, uh, the masks, they were uh, whatever random things they gobbled together. Other people did other random just like store-bought shit. Uh, they make up their... took a uh, Captain Kirk mask and they uh, painted it <laughs> white and disheveled the hair a bit. Yeah, you know, I hear, I hear he got arrested <clears throat> uh, for some uh, supposed murders on babysitters like a year later. Mm. Weird. Anyway, so they all uh, they make a couple demo tapes uh, and they make them out for people. This included uh, the demo covers for Part of Me, Fur Covered in Blood, and Tattered and Torn. They make their own art for it. They don't have like an actual thing. So I found some pictures online. It's just very much just hand drawn, like with colored pencil, just a quick thing that they put on the covers. Uh, it's also worth noting that the first album's songs were all based off the RPG, the Obsessed with Werewolves thing. So they're all a bunch of fucking nerds. I'm gonna be. I'm sitting that, on the floor, so I'm gonna be far away from the mic. Yeah, you're not getting pictures. You're not going. Bunch of rip. fucking furries. I mean, kind of anyway. Furries. <laughs> Can I go louder? Sir, shouting doesn't. Furries. Sir, shouting hunter. I'm, I'm sorry, bud. Hey, fuck this. Jesus. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah, fuck him. Fuck him. You're putting in his nose. Lower audio volume. <laughs> uh, so they receive some good. They receive good feedback from their friends that they give these demos to. Uh, they're getting a lot of good feedback and drawing in big crowds at the clubs they're playing at. <clears throat> uh, they also, uh, partly because the early Slipknot shows were an experience, as I explained, like the sparks and whatnot. Uh, Anders himself did a lot of, like, early Iggy Pop or Johnny Rotten kind of things with, like, broken bottles and shit like that. Did he eat the glass? He didn't eat the glass, but he he would, very, he would do the old school punk, like, Iggy Pop one out where, he'd, like, somebody throws up bottles broken, so you just, like, slash your chest quick and then throw it back. It's like, ah, fuck you. They did a lot of early punk get, shit like that. That's how you get AIDS spread around your punk. Yeah, no, that was a punk thing. That's... It's more prevalent there than anywhere. Is if you go back. I broke a bottle, cut myself open, and spread my blood everywhere. Like Iggy Pop was very infamous for that, for like getting shows shut down because he would do that. That person was in rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, he was. Damn straight. Yeah, he was. He played. Uh... It was Mox Wire, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> so Sean Cran ends up reaching out. Uh, to SR Audio Studios, he's like, hey, we have these demo tapes, we're doing really good, we're pulling in big crowds with a show, what would it be like if we wanted to record our first CD? Uh, he gets in touch with Mike Lauer, <clears throat> who gets put in touch with them to record their first album, he ends up getting him producer Sean McMahon uh, to help produce the whole thing, put it together, uh, and Sean himself is actually sent to Anders' basement, where he sits and listens to the band for a practice session. 
I, I've got a few people that way myself. <laughs> well, the population is only 300 and not 400. So, yeah. <laughs> so McMahon, uh, his response about watching them in that basement session was, uh, Anders wore a wolf loincloth and nothing else. I didn't pretend to have any fucking idea what they were about, but I realized that they were solid. They were incredibly tight band. They knew what they were doing. They knew what each person was going to do when they did it. So it was very plain for me to see the Slipknot had, but had the potential in the drive to make it and go somewhere with it. They just needed the right output. So this man helps them produce their first record. Uh, they go in to begin recording their first studio album, which, as uh, I've stated before, it was called Mate, Feed, Kill, Repeat. Uh, MFKR, which they also picked because it's fun. It's motherfucker is a... As like an acronym for it, they so they went, thought that was fun too. They just went for the edgiest fucking names they could. Oh, so, hey, you know. Let's give a shout out to the person who took a shot on these people, <laughs> because you were invited to a basement <laughs> with Where, a man behind a setup, random custom percussion, and a loincloth and a microphone with duct electrical tape wrapped tightly around his head. A wolf loincloth, nonetheless. Ow! Things just. They were just different back then. This was back to like the when when you could like show up to a craft per, craft person's house, yeah, or tradesperson rather, and be like, "Look, Mister, I need a job real bad. My sister's sick, and I need to support her and my mother." He's like, "You know what, kid? You got Moxie. You got Moxie. I'm taking you under my arm." And then you make twenty five dollars an hour being like a fucking ironsmith. And then you guys have sex, but you don't tell anyone. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not what the Lord would want. <laughs> so, as they're recording this album, uh, the best thing I could find to describe what it was like recording this fucking thing was the man who was there trying to help them do it. <clears throat> we cut most tracks live with everyone crammed in the same room. All three drummers and everything. Wow. The band advocated the use of extreme violence as a conflict resolution tool, both recording and live. Uh, the wall next to Sean's drums were full of drumstick holes and punches, really, all the walls were. Uh, then there was the anatomically correct chalk outline drawings in the parking lot. Bunch of dicks. Yeah, just a bunch of naked dudes with their dicks out. Uh, Joey also played his song fully nude. Nailed it in one take. <laughs> My God, this was so homoerotic. Is that another commercial break? Wait, 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 I'm sorry. Was Joey the drummer? Yes. He's really short. I would say, did he beat on his percussive instruments with his cock? Well, that's what the bass pedal is. I will say, as much as this is the first album, that is not the first time something like that will happen in a recording with anything that they do. He means last time. Man, let me tell you, you get a you get a bunch of guys together, they just start getting naked and like, no, homoerotic. They don't. I went to band camp. We don't. You went to Boy Scouts. We don't. <laughs> So, um, commercial break. So, um, Pokemon Trading Card cl- Game Classic launching in late 2023. They're they're basically bringing back all the old cards, and it, and it looks like you can get you can get like the old school. You can get the old school ones. I think oh, yeah. they can do some holographics probably too. So they, they don't they don't they don't have when it's gonna happen. But late 2023. But it comes like in this whole fucking. Big ass. People are going to try to pass those off as base set ones. Oh, yeah. Do you want a palate cleanser? Sure. Like, 
Like, look at that. It comes in a whole fucking, like, like box oh, wow. set Jesus with Christ. a fucking... It's probably going to cost, like, $200. And they all come with sleeves because, you know, people... Because, like, fucking nerds sleeve up their cards when they play. Yeah. You don't want them to get ruined. Thank you. <laughs> I, I am my Yu-Gi-Oh deck in the basement in a box that's been open for the last year and a half. So they're all here. ruined. Moldy. Here, here's stuck here's together. Quick, uh, it's an essay that someone wrote. Sure. It is the start to the essay. Sorry. In this essay, I will. It helps to have people to look up to when you're trying to make your way in the world. They can provide a kind of template for us to follow so we can write ourselves when we start to drift off course. Sometimes it's nice to think that by looking at the life of a person who came before us, we can learn a little more about what to do with ourselves in the present. For me, that person is Joss Whedon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. That is fucking funny. Anthony disappeared. He went down to get his Yu-Gi-Oh deck. Oh, the fucking Yu-Gi-Oh deck. I'm telling you, they're all moldy, stuck together, terrible. They weren't even in a box. Jesus Christ. They were in a basket. Loose, random fucking... I have, got? I have a bunch of random. Well, actually, Different I put mine dimension in the decks. capsule. Back to square one. Black pendant. Good one. Lucky iron axe. Oh, you have the hamburger recipe with the with the with the uh, uh, ritual card. Yes, terrible card. Yes, too. no yes. ritual cards are good. <laughs> no, no, he is correct. Pumpkin king. They all have something awful knowledge. about them. I I'm feeling a, a sense of I know what kind of deck you played. It's a good fuck you. There's a really good trap or his magic card in there. I don't remember. Creeper of cards. Where to the shadow realm with you. <laughs> Anyways, where were we at? Oh yeah, uh, <clears throat> we were talking about. Uh, they're just now recording their first. <sighs> so the recording process was extremely difficult. The gang would uh, come between work, would come in between work and doing whatever else that they had to, because they all had families. It's like the biggest thing with with by the time they finally did get around to this point, uh, they all had like most of them were either like dating seriously, had kids, what have you by this point. So they were coming in whatever fucking little time they had to record, which is why half the time it was all of them in the same room because that's all they fucking had. I have to come in what little time I have. (laughs) Dude, let me tell you, Jared was like, I'm going to be, I'm not going to be here immediately. I'm like, that gives me time. I can, I can crank (laughs) one off. Christ. I'm kidding. I, I, I had to go to work and fix a mistake. I have not uh, masturbated today, so. In this in the studio, they would try Fucking ideas that they had discussed uh, about getting their wall of sound idea to work, but it never did. Uh, Anders was quote is quote with uh, we would jam out using the heaviest sounds we could think of in the moment, but when you but when you play it through the stereo speakers, it tended to just fart all over the room and not really work. Uh, so there were a lot of things that they wanted to do that just it wasn't feasible. Uh, and members uh, argued all the different time, all the time about different like rhythms or lyrics that they wanted in. Uh, Donnie Steele ends up leaving the band uh, because he finds Jesus. Yeah, literally, he just was like, "Guys, I have a new found faith, love for faith, and yep. the master satanic. I gotta leave." And that was that. He <laughs> left the band and mid making an album, just like I'm out. Christians are weird. <laughs> so so Mick had to try to like cover up for him when he could with uh, what they had going. Uh, he does end up getting replaced by another guy. We'll get to that in a second uh, with everything else going on. Uh, Josh 
Brainerd, I want to say his last name is, uh, ends Brainerd. up stepping in to give them the extra guitarists they need. Uh, overall, Anthony, how much do you think that this album cost them to make? Um, overall, with everything, I'm going to say 200 in and in a fucking case of beer. Way more than that. $1,500. 2,002 cases of beer. 2,500. 2,501. All in all, the album's cost for making and printing only 1,000 copies, which is why this album is fucking impossible to find, was $16,000. Oh, so honestly, not that much. For a bunch of working guys with families. Well, yeah. It was a lot of money to try to fucking come up with. How many were there? There wasn't none. At this point, there was still only about five or six. About five or six. They hadn't six. added the extra members that they Mikey. would later. Mike, what's, uh, what's 1,600 divided by five? Uh, they put it as uh, <laughs> Sean and his credit cards are what saved them for most of this. But there was another factor, and it's something that I found interesting that I didn't know about the history beforehand. <clears throat> so it was, it was kind of interesting learning about this. So not only did Sean have credit cards that he would take loans with to try to pay off what they could while recording... The other thing that ended up happening was Sean actually purchased a local club. Uh, it was called the Safari Club, and Sean and the band would play there all the time. And after after hours, Sean would come in and clean up the entire bar. And eventually the owner just ended up going, like, dude, I am so tired of being here hours after we close <laughs> so that you can clean my fucking club. Why don't you just buy it? Because for the love of fucking God, you clean it more than I do. Man, imagine, so he getting did. A, imagine getting a club because you wanted to clean really good. Because your band made a mess and you're like, I feel bad. I'm going to just clean this for you. Man, you're here too much. Just like, fucking buy I wanna it. I want to go home. I want to go home. I'm so fucking tired. This guy's fucking speeding out and cleaning. I want to go home. I'm tired. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah, the owner was. Uh, the owner yeah. ended up buying a different bar. Sean ended up pulling the money together with the other members. They bought the Safari Club, which helped pay for the album. Uh all in all, this album took them a little over seven months to record and produce, uh, which is not typical for making an album. Uh, and it was a very big mess. As I said, there was a lot of the remembers leaving. There was arguments non-fucking-stop how they wanted to do it. Uh, but on October 31st, 1996, uh, with the Beatles, Slipknot, while at the Safari Club, uh, they ended up debuting Mayfield Kill Repeat. The thousand copies they had were given to friends, family, and then just sold at the show. If you want to try to find it, good fucking luck, because most copies are on eBay for like seven hundred or more dollars because they man, only printed a thousand, and you most make, of those were just. Man, you, for purchasing two and a half of those, you can make the whole album again. Well, and good news, I don't want it. I don't blame. You. Uh, it's also Could more. You imagine what it fucking sounds like on some rinkety old oh. ass basement. <laughs> It's also it's it's not it's it's so expensive not just because it's a rare album that they they didn't make very many of but it was also because that's technically where Slipknot started and most people only know them from '99. Nobody knew the roster before the roster everyone knows now, so it's more sought after for people. But uh, the title, yes, uh, the title of the album, it's like that American Dad episode. Where Stan gets really into my morning jacket oh, and buys the EP of like the the head singer gurgling with salt water before a concert while the dude's crouched in the bathtub. And so what you hear is 
Oh, I'm so gassy because I'm crouched down here. <laughs> hey, who the hell is who the hell is in there? I'm sorry, I'm so gassy. Can you sign this for me? That's what it is. That's that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, there's that uh, when they arrive at the first show for this uh, revealing, you know, we're Slipknot. This is our album. Uh, they walk in from the front door. They dead stare the stage. They don't acknowledge the crowd at all. Walk straight on and play. Uh, the show goes over really well for them, though. Uh, word gets out, obviously, because they have the, the CDs that were sold there. Um, and since your sh- uh, shows were going well, they were drawing more crowds. Uh, they were doing like battle of the band things and just kind of winning out with the album's release. Which one of the other bands they played against? Mushroom Head. No, no, they were in Ohio. Um, no, they played against Stone Sour and beat them uh, because Stone Sour was the other big band in Des Moines at that time. Man, Stone Sour. There's no one important in Stone Sour at all for the future of Slipknot. Oh, but yeah, so since the crowd, uh, the crowds no are coming in. No one important Sun Sour. No, not, no, well, not yet. Um, okay, so they're growing following all around Des Moines, and the guys look to bigger labels for a shot at, the, like, the big time. Uh, everyone who came felt overwhelmed, and uh, most people, because, like, they, like any other band, they go through a ton of different labels that are like, oh, yeah, you know, we'll come see a show, see if we want to give you a record deal. Right, and then right, everyone right. was like, yeah, no. No, we don't know what this is, but no. No. Uh, dude, the most famous one they have actually came from Sony Records, because Sony Records mailed them with, if you're the future of music, then music is dead. No. <laughs> That's got to be harsh. Yes. Man, that'll go. this, so, this album will go as great as Led Zeppelin. Uh, that was uh, the kind of responses they were getting. Uh, but one studio did see the same potential that Lauer had seen when he went down in the basement, and that was Roadrunner Records, who were very famous for having metal bands under their records. <laughs> yeah, because no uh, one else wanted them. Uh, Ross Robinson was set to produce for them. Now, Ross Robinson was famous because two years before this, he had come out with Korn's debut album, which debuted giant for the metal world. And started, like, the whole kick of new Metal, which is what Slipknot would be categorized on. Which, whatever. That's something that's still Other debated. people from Roadrunner include Gojira. Yep. Uh, Theory of a Deadman. Slipknot is no longer, but we'll, we'll get to that, but... Uh, Corey Taylor himself. Yep. Just solely. Oh, wow, there's a lot of people. Um, oh, there, there's a lot of bands that are under the Roadrunner uh, label, yes. Code Orange. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So yeah, they get Ross Robinson, the guy who did, who they had help Corn with their debut album. They're like, hey, these are some other guys that have something a little more unique going on. Why don't you go check them out and see see what this is all about? Seems to be more your forte. <laughs> so he does. Uh, Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> <laughs> 
Crayon, uh, Crayon said, uh, Ross and his manager showed up to my house on a Friday night. Uh, Watch us do some pre-production stuff. Uh, they left Saturday. They come back the next day at the Safari Club. We were doing family fun night, so there was like 500-some fucking kids running around. And this man walks up to me, deadpan, and just goes, yes. And we started working on the album that next that weekend, uh, going into producing our first album for our first big major label. Uh, but like everything else, this didn't go good. This didn't go smoothly like fucking anything else they've done so far. Uh, because as the band starts recording... Uh, technically their second album, Under Ross and Roadrunner, Anders decides, hey guys, I gotta take a family road trip to Minnesota. I'll be back in about a week or so. No one ever returns to Minnesota. (laughs) So he goes off on this trip while he's gone on his family trip, which like... He also finds Jesus. Or Jesus found him. No, 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 that doesn't happen. Uh... However, like, like this is this is a part of the story where it's like, yeah, no, I get it. Like, he, they were all family men, and that was very much like a, hey, we have to make a family trip. But I'm doing this thing. Okay, go save family. He records his vocals. He's like, all right, I'll be back. Let me know what the studio says with our with our rough draft on the CD. So he takes off. While he's gone, Roadrunner does get back to them. Uh, Roadrunner felt that Andre's deeper growling vocals wouldn't hold up as well in the final mixing, and they said they wanted something a little bit different for the next album instead of doing similar stuff, which very much fits into what they do later is everything having its own kind of feel for it. Uh, so the band has to make a very big fucking decision, which is... Are they going to fire Anders when he's at it? They need a new family? singer who can do a different vocal set without getting rid of Anders because they want to keep him, but he has to go to backup. Oh, God, I would quit. So what So what, So what? what do they do? Yeah, they that. reach out to the other giant band in Des Moines. The, the only band the that only rivaled... The only other one. The only, the only bigger band that rivaled them whenever they were in Battle of the Bands, uh, which was Stone Sour, because they knew Corey, they knew Jim. They're like, hey, we need another singer. You have a very different vocal range. You can Corey hit Taylor, different Jim notes. Gaffigan. You you can hit different notes than Anders can. We need you to come in and record. Ah! That was fucking dumb. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> oh, shit. So they put Corey in the booth. He re-records over all the vocal work. Oh, parts, I would quit so hard. Uh, I would be pissed. Anders' vocals get reduced to just back uh, backup vocaling. Uh, as, as luck would have it, they also needed a new guitarist be, uh, because, you know, Donnie left, and they're like, hey... You have a guitarist friend, right? And it's like, you know, you know, Jim, right? Like, because Brainerd was just filling in. We need, like, a full-time guitarist. So Jim joins over from Stone Sour as well. So you get Jim Root and Corey Taylor in one false swoop. Uh, so. I swear to God, if, if I'm on something and you guys replace my exact words with another person, I'm quitting. So Anders returns from his trip. And gets called down to the club for a band meeting. And he's like, oh boy, I was gone for it. We must have gotten a response from the studio. God. (laughs) They sit Anders down and explain what happened about the vocals, what Roadrunner wanted, the choice that they were left with, and that overall they felt really good with how it turned out. They felt that the way he was doing vocals blended in well with what they had Corey do. Anders... Not a huge fan of this. Very skeptical. Like, yeah, okay. So I leave and y'all just fucking replace me. All right, I see. Okay, that's yeah. cool. I, uh, I'm, I'm on Team Honders, I'll be honest. So th- this is something that's debated amongst Slipknot fans is if this actually exists or not. 
Uh, there's a record you can find online called Crows with a Z. Don't ask me why. Just Crows with a Z. Gotta count them. This is supposedly that album because they never finalized Anders and Corey on the same record. Um, I've listened to everything off of this. There are definitely some songs where you can hear Anders in the backups and Corey doing the rough takes. Uh, so definitely those tracks exist. Is it fully a thing? <laughs> it's debated that a lot of them are just Stone Sour stuff that he didn't use, but no. whatever. But anyway, uh, so yeah, you can find all that. Uh, Anders continues playing with them. Like, they keep doing shows at the club. They keep doing their own thing. He's a bigger man uh, than I. Until December 1997. I'm five foot eight, thank you very much. December 1997, the band goes on, plays as normal. It's a typical show. When the show's over, Anders grabs a mic and informs the crowd and the band, hey, I'm departing ways with Slipknot. Like, oh, none of us were told you were doing this. Like, yeah, no, I didn't tell anybody but my wife. Honestly? Yeah. Uh, as he's walking off the Honors. stage, uh, he uh, he had said that when he was walking off the stage, uh, Jim grabs him. Uh, if, Jim if, <laughs> if you don't know what Jim Root looks like, he's about seven foot fucking tall. So he just grabs Anders, wraps him up in a bear hug. He's like, he gave me a giant bear hug. He understood. <laughs> Uh, a a lar- very large man grabs you. Yeah, it was it was very much a like, oh man, like I get it, like you're you're really hurt by this. I get I get why you're leaving, but you don't have to. Um, no, you do. Uh, he does. So- sorry, but sorry, slippies. But uh, slippies. Here's the thing, I get with like everyone understands why he left. It was very hard for everyone to watch him leave because. Corey was very much on board with the idea of doing a dual vocal because he liked how things were bouncing. Just, uh, yeah, Anders wasn't a big fan of that, just how it all went down. <laughs> so Sorry, I was just I looked up Jim Root's height, and then it showed me Corey Taylor's height. Yeah, Corey Taylor and, J- and Joey, I think, are the shortest people from that band. So Jim Root, 6'6". Six, six. Okay, 6'6". Six, six. Corey Taylor, 5'7". <laughs> I think Joey was even shorter than that. 5'3". Uh, yeah, 5'3". He's yeah. shorter than you, Anthony. I know. Uh, so, short. yeah, that, that ends up happening. So, really, uh, the band's left in shock. Anders departs. Uh, obviously, there were just issues that were building. Does this turn out for the better? Some people would argue it did. It didn't let the tension keep building. It would just kind of cut off well, there always, as it hit that point. There will always be people who are like, oh, it was better before this happened. Yeah, I mean, even Anders said it was for the best. Because uh, even he admits, like, no, there was tensions building. Like, I didn't have, like, I don't have anything against them now. But at the time, oh, yes. Like, there's, yeah. I left to not avoid those issues. It's like, um, it's like Corey was the Yoko Ono <laughs> of early Slipknot. So now this leaves them in a predicament. Uh, you're down a singer. And technically, your other percussionist, because he was on your custom percussion for songs. And you're still on the ticket with Roadrunner for getting that album out. They've already signed you to make this album. Legally, you have to. And he's now left, leaving you in a position of, we have to fill two spots. How are we going to pull this off? That's kind of, and that's where we're going to end it. Anders leaves. Uh, They're left in a spot of, they need a new custom percussionist and a backup singer. Uh, There's some other things that'll happen, uh, but I'm ending it... I'm ending it with a quote from uh, from Sean, big old cigarette, uh, which was, "I believed in Slipknot right away. Woke up every day feeling like I had a purpose. I was 26. 
when we started everything, I had two fucking kids, ton of debt. Paul Gray was six two. But something called but something called a dream was raising its head. And when that happens, you just don't let go. And that is why everything happened the way that it did. That's why Sean bought the bought the club and kept putting himself in fucking debt to make that album. Jim happen. was the tall is Jim is the tallest member of Slipknot. I believe it. He's he's if I were him, towers I would, over everyone except Mick. If I were him, I would wear shoes with wedges in them. <laughs> How tall are you? Uh, six six. So yeah, with, uh, with part two, you come in with. Uh, they do end up getting another percussionist slash backup vocalist. You also get uh, Sid Wilson and Craig uh, on sampler keyboard. Jesus. We'll end up. You'll end up getting the other two member, the three members that we don't have. Sven. Yes. Uh, but that's everything. So f- that's everything for Man. that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's that's where it is. <laughs> he looks like his kid. Yeah, he's he, honestly. Yeah, yeah. He looks like Cor- Corey's not a tall man. <laughs> looks like his son. <laughs> Other than that, yeah, that's that's part one. Any questions? Any concerns? Anything anyone wants to say? Well, Do you think that the the, the the band was so aggressive and so angry because uh because uh, Corey Taylor's a little man. He's a little man. What was Corey Taylor's first mask? It's like a. Uh, Did he create you know this a crash band? test dummy? It was basically just a crash test dummy thing skinned off, and then he zip tie like had ties in the back. Did they just not want him at the Oompa Loompa factory? Or <laughs> don't worry, what he makes, what he lacks in height, he makes up in neck strength. Joey was even shorter, and he was tinier. Yeah, but Joey doesn't count. <laughs> Joey was a damn good drummer, though. Rest in peace for him. Oh, he was though. Uh, but no, yeah, that's that's kind of where that that that's at. Uh, they didn't get any kind of success outside of Des Moines until after. Uh, yeah, we'll pick up part two with that. Uh, past that, you can follow us at RKSN, uh, RKS Network social medias. Uh, you got patreon.com slash RKSN. Sven shit in his pants. This man's neck. Wider than his head. Yeah. Yeah, he's talking. Corey Taylor's talking about it. He wears a medium shirt, but he has to get an extra large so it fits over his fucking neck. And it sucks. So all his shirts are too fucking big. Anyway, uh, you all have a great night and goodbye. Bye. Bye.